Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aww, yeah? become very popular and trendy to combine words in English in recent years, but this can leave learners feeling pretty confused in conversations or when watching TV series, movies, and listening to podcasts. These combinations of words happen when one or both of the words is shortened in a clever way, and this is what you'll be learning about today. So get ready to test your knowledge on some trending words in 2022. Oh yeah, boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and chillaxing way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, riding the bus, glamping with a frenemy, or even booking your next staycation. Uh, Yeah, I'm joined here in the virtual Barcelona studio, as always, by the lovely Andrea. How's it going, Andrea? It's going really well, thank you. That was a great intro, perfect for today's topic. (laughs) Right off the bat, we're getting into some of the terms from today. Do you think we should already get into those or should we wait until later and have it kind of a little bit of uh, expectation building up to see what we were meaning by some of those things in the in the intro yeah I think that's a good idea that way we might get ahead of ourselves and I think yeah let's leave you all waiting a little bit to hear what those actually mean amazing so stick around because you're going to learn all those and many more uh what are called portmanteaus and We'll get into what that means as well. But before we do, we're putting the horse before the cart uh, or the cart before the horse, however you say that. Uh, We have a shout out to a very special listener and app user. So today's shout out comes from Payao or Payao. I'm not sure. Sorry if I've uh, mispronounced that. But they say, this is a great app for learning English. The teaching style of Ethan and Andrea is marvelous. I really like both of them. If I have an option of rating 10 stars, then I definitely would rate this app 10 out of 10. Thanks guys for this lovely app and for supporting English learners. I can't express my gratitude. This app gives me new life. Thank you all real lifers. Ooh, maybe we're going to have to change it from real life to new life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's really fantastic. Thanks so much, Payal, for giving us that stellar review of the app. So glad to hear that the podcast is helping, that the app is helping, and that you are making new friends around the world. So if you want us to shout you out, it's really simple. Just download the app on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. And if you enjoy it, then leave us a five-star review, just as Payal did, and that way we can find what you think about the podcast, about the app, and give you a shout out as well. So before we get into today's main topic, we have a fun fact. Yeah, so I thought it would be interesting to know where this term comes from. So when we combine words in English, the words that we're looking at today are not compound words. They're actually called portmanteaus. And these come from literature. 
They first appeared in Lewis Carroll's Through the Looking Glass in a quote from Humpty Dumpty, in fact. Right. And Through the Looking Glass, if people aren't familiar with that book, but they may have likely seen Alice in Wonderland and they did two films, right? So the second film is based on the Through the Looking Glass book. Exactly. Yeah. And what is a, because you said they're not compound words, what would be an example of some compound words? So a compound word could be something like bedroom. So you have a bedroom, bedroom, it comes together. Football, for example. Yeah, football. At least the British version of football makes a lot more sense than the American one because (laughs) you barely use your feet in American football. Exactly. Whereas portmanteaus, they're kind of more a clever play with the words. They're shortened in like a fun way and they come together to make a new word. So yeah, it's it's different. So the quote from Humpty Dumpty is, well, slithy means lithe and slimy and mimsy is flimsy and miserable. You see, it's a portmanteau. There are two meanings packed up into one word. Yeah, so even in there, there's some some words that are kind of difficult making up these portmanteaus that Humpty Dumpty use. So there's lithe. What does it mean if something's lithe or someone's lithe? So if something is lithe, it's agile, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it might be a bit like graceful, like, I don't know, you might say that the queen is very lithe or she was maybe when she was younger, maybe less so in her old age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as well, it could mean maybe gentle as well. Maybe that's an older term for it, but I think it can also mean gentle. Yeah. These portmanteaus from Lewis Carroll are quite funny too, to think of something or someone that's lithe and slimy. Slimy is like sticky, kind of like gross, even like you think of like a slug, for example, as a bug, that's that's an insect that's slimy, right? Because they leave like that trail of mucus. Exactly. Yeah. And mimsy is such a funny word, I think. (laughs) Like if something is flimsy, it's not very strong, is it? It's like it can break easily and it's maybe not very good quality. Mm -hmm. And miserable. A lot of people might understand that already, but it's like extremely sad or depressed. So it's also quite, I don't know what something mimsy would be. So these ones from Lewis Carroll, I think that they're not words that we actually use nowadays, but it is just kind of interesting to see where that comes from and kind of how it works. It's like really, it's not combining two words like football or like bedroom where both the words stay um, stay complete. Rather, it's kind of taking part of each word and, and kind of mashing them together to create an almost new meaning out of the two. Exactly. Great. So That hopefully clears things up for you listeners about exactly what we're talking about today with portmanteaus, which if you haven't heard that before, don't feel bad. It's a new word for both Andrea and I as well. But we're going to talk all about these kind of combination words in today's main topic. So let's get into it. Hey there, Real Lifer. Have you downloaded the Real Life English app yet? On the app, Andrea and I will guide you beyond the classroom to live learn, and even speak English in the real world. So how do we do this? To start with, you can listen to the Real Life English podcast and Beyond Borders talk show, even this very episode, with digital transcripts so that you can follow along and develop your listening fluency. Plus, check dozens of definitions of all the most difficult vocabulary, idioms, phrasal verbs, slang, and so much more that you won't find anywhere else or in any other podcast. 
And how would you like to develop real-life speaking confidence at the touch of a button by speaking with other learners while making friends across cultures? Sounds like a dream, right? Well, now with the Real Life app, it will be a dream come true. Download the app to listen to our podcast with transcripts and definitions whenever and wherever you want and speak with people from all around the world. What are you waiting for? Join our global community today by clicking the link in the description of this podcast or by going to www.reallifeglobal.com slash app, that's A-P-P, or simply search for the Real Life English app in the Google Play or Apple App Store today and let us guide you beyond the classroom to live and learn and speak English in the real world. Ah, yeah. So the word portmanteau comes from the French for suitcase, right? And it's a portmanteau itself, which I suppose is where Carol got the meaning, correct? Yeah, exactly. It's really interesting. So it it means suitcase. It combines the word porter, which means to carry, and manteau, which means cloak. Right. So I guess we are borrowing this from French. Maybe it's more common in French than it is in English to use these portmanteaus. But we do have a lot that have become common language. Um, and as we kind of said in the intro, these are really trendy nowadays. So anyone who uses Instagram or watches vloggers on YouTube, for example, it's very common that you could see these kind of words used like any other normal word. Yeah, you'll probably even hear them in TV series you're watching, in movies, you know, in in conversations maybe that you'll have with friends that are native or, yeah, like you said, all across social media. So these words really are trendy. They've become part of our daily lexicon, really. Exactly. So we mentioned a couple in the intro, so people are probably hanging on the edge of their seat wondering what those meant, if they can even remember them. So first of all, I had said that maybe you could listen to this while you're glamping with a frenemy. So what's glamping? I love that word, glamping. <laughs> so this is glamorous and camping. And I think this became really popular like with festivals when obviously if you go to a music festival and it's it's lasting a few days, you would end up camping and staying there. But then this new thing started happening when people were glamping as well. Mm -hmm. And that's almost, uh, you can find many different types of glamping, but what I think of it kind of more traditionally is when people would have like a big tent and they'd actually put a proper bed or a proper mattress inside of the tent and decorate it with lights. And, you know, it's like almost a combination between a luxury hotel and, and a and a camping tent. Yeah, it's just like more sophisticated maybe and you have maybe a few more home comforts. Maybe there are some areas as well where you can go camping but you know maybe the you don't have these portaloos, you know, the the toilets outside or something. It's a bit more... You call it a portaloo. Luxury, yeah. Do you <laughs> not call it that? That's a compound word, right? We call it similarly, but a porter potty. Oh, wow. <laughs> or a porta john. That would be actually even more colloquial American English because a oh. john is... John's like the word for loo, right? That it's a, it's a toilet. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, we call it a portaloo, of course, because we call the toilet the loo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, that, that's almost like a portmanteau, isn't it? Because it's, it's got like the word portable and then John or, or potty. Potty is, that's kind of like a kid's word for a toilet. Yeah. And loo. 
It's kind of like a slang, British slang word for a toilet. So yeah, definitely. All right. And there's lots of websites that I've seen even where you can book, you know, a glamping if you're wanting to do something. And this is, I think it's a great thing because a lot of people, they're not so much into camping because they don't like, you know, the idea of sleeping on the, on the ground. It can be quite uncomfortable. And so it's kind of like a way to get that camping experience. But maybe if you're someone who doesn't, isn't so into that traditional camping experience, then you could go glamping and have a little bit more of a luxurious camping experience or glamorous if we were. So glamorous, what does glamorous mean? So if something is glamorous, it's like very sophisticated, maybe gorgeous. Like you can think of maybe a glamorous party. Like the Great Gatsby or something, right? (laughs) Yeah, really beautiful, people looking good, all that kind of stuff. Right. It's a great word. And frenemy. So if you went glamping with a frenemy, it might be a bit of a turbulent uh, experience, but what is a frenemy? Yeah, I'm surprised you would go with a frenemy because (laughs) (laughs) this combines friend and enemy. Right. So is it more of a friend or more of an enemy? How do we, because they are, in this case, they're things that are direct opposites, aren't they? So yeah, I think it's kind of like when you have someone that maybe you have some issues with that you don't get on very well, but then in the end, they're kind of always still there and they're they're still your friend at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. It's kind of a complicated relationship, right? If someone like we might say a love hate relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And we probably all know someone like this or maybe one of our listeners, maybe you identify in this way, but you, maybe you have like two friends that they're always, they'll have like a really close friendship and then they'll have a falling out and then they'll get back, you know, together and stuff. And it's kind of, it's just a turbulent relationship. For sure. And the next one I believe you used, you said that maybe you'd be listening to the podcast while you're on a staycation. And I don't know if this was so popular before COVID, but I definitely have seen it a lot since COVID started because it's become more more popular. Yeah, I think I had heard it before, but you're right. It's definitely become a lot more popular now because obviously in the last couple of years, it's been a lot more difficult to travel. So rather than going on a vacation, as you would say, in British English, we tend to say holiday more, but rather than going away for a holiday, you would stay in your town or your country or your city. And we've combined these words. So you have staycation, which means that you're having a break, but you're not actually traveling anywhere too far. Yeah. In 2020, I don't know if this is still happening, but I recall a lot of hotels here in Barcelona were offering staycation packages where locals, as long as you had like a local ID, so you're a resident here, you could get really spectacular discounts on a lot of the local luxury hotels. Um, So this was just fantastic because, you know, it wasn't so easy in 2020 to travel to other places, but it was kind of like a new way to get to know the city was to go get one of these staycation packages at a hotel that you've never been to and and kind of feel like a tourist in your own city. Exactly. Yeah. It was uh, it was a good kind of marketing tool for them to and something, you know, so that they could still because it was a difficult time, I guess, um, so that they could still welcome guests. Right. Well, we better we've only gotten through three that yeah. we mentioned at the start. So we better move through these a little bit faster because we have a bunch of them. So the next one is bromance. What's a bromance? Yeah. So I think this is one that's been around for a while. And mm-hmm. it's like bro or brother and romance. I think maybe this one started a bit more in the US. What do you think? I think that's very uh, that's that's very possible. It's just because there's such like a I don't know 
it's kind of like the macho culture in a sense. We don't have that as strong as like Latin countries, but I think in Europe, maybe uh, particularly in Northern Europe, it's not as common, but um, you know, this bromance kind of birthed out of, you know, uh, two heterosexual males in general wanting to be able to show that they have a platonic relationship, although they're quite like enamored with each other as friends. So I think it's try it's, it's an attempt to kind of uh, describe that kind of relationship. Yeah, a really close friendship between two guys, but one, like you said, that they're just friends, <laughs> but they're yeah. really close. And bro is, I think it's mostly American slang, right, for uh, for a really great male friend that usually males would use for other males, men would use for other men. Yeah, I think so. We do still use it in the UK as well. Like it's, it is a slang slang way of of referring to a friend this way, but it probably originated in the States, yeah. But it's such a strange concept because it only exists in the masculine, right? There's no mm. there's no equivalent of like a cis mance or something like that <laughs> for for women because it's just like you call it a friendship and it's it's like yeah. fine if you're super close and everything. But uh, yeah, that definitely kind of comes out of more the mo- the macho culture. Next we have, uh, I guess, kind of going away from friendship, but sexting. <laughs> yeah. So this one is sex and texting. So I think this one is quite self-explanatory, but you know, <laughs> it's <laughs> when you're messaging someone, obviously you're texting mm-hmm. them, but you're texting them naughty things and, and things mm-hmm. like that. Maybe your partner's away and you can't see them and you're missing them and you're sending these types of messages. Right. Yeah. Or it could be even just kind of flirtatious with someone that you're interested in. But being that our lives have moved online so much, a lot of people, I suppose, are doing this more via text or message of some sort rather than at a bar on a Friday night. Exactly. Especially since COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's something too uh, with Tinder culture. It's probably become quite quite popular. Mm. All right. The next one, I'd be curious if you've ever practiced this, Andrea, yoga lattes. I haven't. I find this one hilarious. And we've um, we've actually recently been re-watching The OC, which is a series from like the 2000s. And one of the characters in it actually goes to yoga lattes classes. <laughs> because yoga and Pilates are quite different, but I guess in some places uh, they've kind of combined the two exercises and created like a new one. I'm not quite sure exactly what it would be like, but it does exist. I've done something else that is similar. I, I was quite uh, passionate about it for, I, I had like a stint where I was quite passionate about it, but acro yoga, have you ever tried that? yeah I haven't tried it I really wanted to it looks cool that's so that that's another portmanteau right because it's acrobatics mixed with yoga and I think a, a couple years ago it was quite trendy I think maybe it's it's not as trendy nowadays although there's still a lot of people who practice it but it's really cool because it mixes a lot of the like yoga poses and uh with acrobatics which have to do with doing a lot of things where you're you're inverted right and one of the things that I thought was really cool about it is uh, you do it with a partner. So mm. it's like really requires you to synchronize with another person, whereas practicing yoga is generally very independent. Yeah. Yeah. I'd definitely like to try it. All right. Uh, another one that's been around for a long time is brunch. 
I think Andrea and I, last time we saw each other, we actually went to brunch, didn't we? We did. Yeah, it was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily we live in a very metropolitan city because I think this is very American or British. It's very English speaking culture since uh, here in, in Spain, people don't really tend to eat big breakfast. So I think brunch also isn't something that culturally here would be so popular, but to cater to all the tourists and foreigners living here, there's plenty of brunch places. Yeah, when I first moved here eight years ago, there really were just a handful of places, but now there's just so many popping up, which is amazing. And if you didn't know, this combines breakfast and lunch. So it's kind of, you know, when you when you go out to eat, you can have this in the morning or you can have it around midday, really, and it's combining the two the two meals. So I usually like to have brunch like as a first meal. It's very popular on weekends, isn't it? So mm-hmm. people tend to wake up a bit later and eat later. So they might have a weekend brunch. Yeah. I really like it as well because in the US, the UK is the same that we tend to have very big breakfasts. And usually early in the morning, it's can feel like a little bit too much to have such a big breakfast. But you know, around 11 a.m. or so when you would have brunch or even midday, it's, you know, you're starting to get hungrier and everything and it's really nice. And especially on the weekends, this used to be uh, quite the hangover cure when I was in college because, you know, uh, we have something called hair of the dog, which is when you drink what kind of got you into trouble in the first place. So, you know, you go out to brunch and you have some mimosas or you have a Bloody Mary and that kind of helps to take the edge off of your hangover. But nowadays... I wouldn't need a hangover to have an excuse to enjoy a nice Bloody Mary. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) All right. And the next one's similar. I don't know if I've heard this one as much. Yeah. So this one is when you're going to have dinner, but you kind of fancy breakfast, you have Brinner. So actually, we were talking about this with Nia, who you heard on the podcast a couple of episodes ago. And she was saying, oh, this is just the best thing ever because I think she loves breakfast. So she's (laughs) like, I'm always for having breakfast for dinner. So I think it's her favorite meal of the day and is probably the same for many people. I think that's why this one was created. That makes sense. Yeah. And when you think about it too, like the American breakfast, the British breakfast is like really perfect for a dinner, especially if probably it's a bit of an earlier dinner because you could have, you know, some eggs, maybe some meat or potatoes or something like that. And then you could have some like pancakes or something like that for dessert. It's true. Yeah. I sometimes fancy it as well. Sometimes I have like my veggie sausages, uh, some eggs, Mm -hmm. some baked beans (laughs) for dinner. (laughs) Sometimes you fancy it and that's kind of more of a breakfast. Yeah. And it's great too, I think for conceptually, like here, for example, that for them, it's quite weird to think about eggs for breakfast because it's, um, it tends to be something that's more thought of as lunch or dinner. So like a Spanish tortilla, you know, that's the eggs and potatoes, for example, is something that people more so have as like a tapa. So, uh, it's a perfect concept maybe for non-Americans, non-Brits that don't want such a heavy breakfast. You could have it for dinner instead. Definitely. Just a quick interruption to ask you a question. Do you ever feel frustrated when you are listening to a podcast, watching a TV series, or you are in a conversation in English and you do not understand what is said? Wouldn't it be great if there was some way to understand real English without getting lost and without getting bored? 
Well, now there is. With our Real Life Native Immersion course, we will take you on a 41-week real-life adventure of the English language, each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use your English in the real world. Just imagine understanding your favorite TV series without subtitles, or confidently speaking with someone and comprehending everything they say. You can do it, and we're here to help. And the best part is, you can try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod to sign up. That's P-O-D. Or simply click the link in the description of this episode. And the next word, continuing on with food. I think we have a few more food ones. But this is a, a cronut, and cronuts are delicious. I, I love cronuts. Oh my gosh, yeah, they melt in your mouth. So if you haven't tried a cronut, you've got to try and find one in your city. This <laughs> is a combination of a croissant and a donut, believe it or not. Yeah, probably not. Much else needs to be said about that. I'm sure people can already imagine it and start drooling. <laughs> the next one is a froyo. What's a froyo? Yeah, froyo is a frozen yogurt, which I think you would pronounce differently. I would. I'd say a yogurt, frozen yeah. yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> and that's an alternative to uh, ice cream. Actually, it's quite funny because we were watching um, The Good Place. It's like a series on Netflix, which is it's, um, supposed to be about you know people going to heaven, but it's kind of like really hell and stuff. And all the there's all these frozen yogurt places, and so they're kind of like asking why, like why frozen yogurt? Because you know why not ice cream if this is really heaven? And it's kind of like that thing that's like it's good, but you know, it's leaves something to be desired. And that really is frozen yogurt is it's, you know, health, a, a little bit less unhealthy alternative, a lot, bit lighter than, than ice cream. But I found that to be quite funny. Yeah. I feel like maybe 15 years ago or something, especially in the UK, this became really popular and there were places popping up everywhere. But maybe nowadays, I think obviously they still exist, but it's not like there's not a craze for it. It's not like people are super excited about it. Right. The next one, if you aren't a big drinker, could be great to have a mocktail. What's a mocktail? Yeah, so a mocktail is a mock cocktail. So it's a cocktail without alcohol. So you mentioned if you're going for brunch, maybe you'd have a mimosa or a Bloody Mary. But if you don't drink alcohol or you don't want to have it, you could try a mocktail and then that way you're not consuming alcohol. Yeah, and that's really great too if you're the person... Uh, going out with your friends and they're all drinking cocktails and you don't really want to be fully left out. So you could have, you could still enjoy a mocktail and they usually are really tasty, oftentimes more so than a real cocktail. Yeah, especially mojitos. I really like um, the virgin mojitos. So they tend to call them virgin if they don't have the alcohol as well. It reminds me of Sheldon as well in Big Bang Theory because he seems to always order a virgin <laughs> Cuba Libre which is, I think, <laughs> is it a it's rum Coke? coke? <laughs> yeah. um, but obviously with, yeah, a virgin one would just be a Coke. <laughs> so he could just say, I'll have a Coke, but he's Sheldon, <laughs> so he doesn't. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. The next one, moving away from food. Very difficult for us, but <laughs> what's the next one? It's biopic. I actually don't know this one, but I, I can intuit that it's probably something like a profile picture. It's actually to do with the film industry. So it's a biographical picture. It's, Is that like a headshot? 
No, it's it's not a picture. It's like, you know, when you say I'm going to, I don't know, do you guys say I'm going to the pictures to say you're going to the movies? I think that's kind of old fashioned nowadays. So you'd say like, you know, you're going, you're going to the movies, you're going to the, oh. the theater or the movie theater. Yeah. So it, it's a film basically that is biographical. So based on real events or a real person. Oh, okay. Yeah. Based on yeah, someone's so life. Know. That's a new one for me. I'm more familiar with the next one, which is a rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you like rom-coms depending on it sometimes they can be really corny but there are some really good ones yeah i agree and this is a romantic comedy right and we don't have it on here but there's a similar one called a chick flick which oh. i believe would be another portmanteau right it comes from flick is like a another word for um kind of similar to like pick mm-hmm. that's for a movie and chick is like a slang word for for women so it's like a movie that's more geared towards uh women Exactly. Yeah. So do you like chick flicks? Sometimes. Yeah. I think, yeah, definitely. You know, if you're chilling with your friends and they can be good as well sometimes when you want something light. Yeah. Or like a guilty pleasure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a guilty pleasure. It's like something you should kind of, so sometimes you're a little bit embarrassed about the fact that you like it. So it's your guilty pleasure. (laughs) All right. Um, Next, we have something that especially has become common since COVID. A lot of these, I suppose, they've probably, if you look on the Google Trends of these words, a lot of the ones we've talked about, I think, have grown in the last two years, but a webinar. Yeah, these are popping up on like Instagram and my feed and emails all the time. So it's a web seminar. So maybe you go to a seminar, which is kind of like a talk. It could be educational, something to do with a topic you're interested or a profession. But nowadays, like you said, a lot of them are happening online. So they are called webinars. Right. All right. The next one, uh, I first heard this word on an episode of Modern Family. I believe you, you've watched Modern Family, right? I don't yeah. know if you remember that episode. Yeah, I think so. And I heard it again recently in, you know, the Sex in the City kind of series that they've just done and just like that. Um, right. Yeah. And the word is mansplain. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean if you mansplain something? <laughs> So it's when a man is explaining something, but when he's explaining something in quite a condescending way, so he's like over explaining it and usually to a woman. So it's called mansplain. mansplain. It's kind of a, a word that I think has been made more popular by feminists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, definitely not good to mansplain something. <laughs> Oh, I love the next one. This one, I, I think I've just learned about like a year or two ago, but it's <laughs> it's perfect because it definitely happens to me. And it's when you haven't eaten anything, your blood sugar gets low and you get hangry. Yeah, I love this one too. So it's when you're hungry, but you're so hungry, it makes you angry. So it's like, don't talk to someone when they are hungry because they can be quite hangry. Mm-hmm. I think actually, maybe it was just in the US, Maybe this also uh, was popular in the UK, but I believe it was Snickers used this for like a whole bunch of ad campaigns. Uh, Snickers, which if people don't know, it's a type of candy bar, but their sort of thing is that they that it's a really filling, like satisfying candy bar because it's got peanuts and caramel, and um, so it's quite it's quite filling. But they they did all these things that like you know someone becomes really dramatic and and angry and stuff when they're when they're hungry and so it's like they always give them a snickers but oh. that could be if you want to get more context for that word you could just look up snickers hangry commercials or something like that 
I'm going to look it up because I haven't seen it. I'm curious now. Oh, there you go. Maybe yeah. it was just in the US that they did this. Mm. Do you have Snickers in the UK? We do. Yeah, it's really popular. Well, maybe we could find some and put it in the show notes as well, which, dear listener, you will find linked in the description. We have a few more. So uh, I'll let you present the next one because it's, it has to do with your country. <laughs> I know. I didn't really want to put this one on the list because it makes me sad. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, someone in the team did mention it as well, so I thought we should include it. The word is Brexit, <laughs> which is Britain and exit, because this was all based around um, Brexit, basically, where Britain had the referendum of whether or not to to leave the EU, the European Union, and the vote was in favour of leaving, and so then the government had to start working towards Britain exiting, Britain coming out of Europe. I wonder if there'll ever be like a a re-entry or something like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, all right. So our next one, exactly what you're listening to now, so people will be familiar with it, but podcast is actually a portmanteau too. Yeah. So pod stands for personal on demand, and then you've got broadcast. So like you have a a newscast or a news broadcast when you watch the news and things like that. So that's where this one comes from. So it's very interesting. We had to include it because, of course, you're listening to a podcast right now. That's new for me, the personal on-demand part of it. I didn't realize because it's an acronym, right? Uh, I always thought, I mean, this came from Apple, started doing podcasts, and I think, uh, and I thought that that came from because you used to listen to them on your iPod. Yeah, I think maybe it partially did as well. Um, but I mean, pod does stand for personal on demand. But I did see, when researching this, I did see some that combined iPod and broadcast as well. So you're not wrong there, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised they actually didn't call it an iPodcast. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, and for our Indian listeners or uh, people who are, are fans of Indian culture. The next one is Bollywood. Yeah, so Bollywood combines Bombay and Hollywood because Bollywood is like the Indian version of Hollywood. Bollywood is huge. I think all around the world, they produce so many movies and there's just so many famous ones as well. Yeah, I actually was just listening to a podcast the other day and they're talking about how Bollywood is really, it's starting to like even shadow uh, Hollywood in some sense as far as like global viewers because I mean just India is such a populous country of course but because they've grown in so much popularity as well internationally and and even uh, Indian animations and things like this that are that are starting to become popular outside of India. Yeah I'm, I know it's a huge industry I'm not totally familiar with a lot of the new movies but there's definitely a lot of classics that I've watched over the years and you know a lot of the movies are epic like because they are three hours long there's singing there's dancing there's acting there's everything so if you haven't watched one before definitely um check some out mm -hmm. and we have our last one which i think you used in the the beginning actually as well although used as an adjective but chillax what does it mean to chillax yeah you're right we forgot to mention this one earlier on because i did use it in the intro and if you chillax, you are relaxing, really, but it combines chill and relax. So this became a super popular word. Yeah, it's it's really strange, too, because it's basically the two things mean the same thing, like chilling and 
relaxing. So it's kind of just, I guess, more emphatic than just using one of the one of those two words. Yeah, I think just people got bored with saying chill or relax <laughs> and wanted a new word. <laughs> there you go, as we often do in English. All right, hopefully you've enjoyed all these portmanteaus. You can start using some of them in your everyday speech and understand them better when you're watching TV series. I'm sure you're going to catch a lot that you didn't realize before uh, when you're watching things or on Instagram or listening to a podcast or anything like that. Um, and we have another six that didn't make it into our list today, just didn't have enough time. So if you head over to our Instagram, then we will teach you the six last ones over there. And you're definitely not going to want to miss those because there are other really great ones to add to your lexicon, to your vocabulary. So that said, thanks so much for joining us here on the Real Life English Podcast, and we'll see you next week. One, two, three. Oh, yeah. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV Series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our real-life native immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.